I'm Brett Chang. And I'm Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Friday, May 6th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech all in less than seven minutes. Brett, spring has absolutely sprung in Toronto. We're going to talk about cherry blossoms in a sec, but it's also the time of year, which is new, where you get to play the game, is it allergies or do I have COVID? Yeah. Isn't that a fun game? <laughs> you know, I, I do like to think they're very different, though. Like, I think I don't get a sore throat from allergies, but I presume you get a sore. I haven't had COVID, but I presume you get a sore throat from COVID. I do get a sore throat from allergies. I'm some types of pollen really hit me hard. Cherry blossoms are not one of those things, but the cherry blossoms are out in Toronto and it is glorious to see. At least they're out in my neck of the woods in Toronto where Robarts Library at U of T and you were saying at Trinity Bellwoods, but I think in High Park, they're actually not out yet. I didn't know there were these types of microclimates in Toronto, but I guess there are. Do you know the story behind cherry blossoms? You're about to tell me. I, yeah, and I, you know, again, I didn't do any research into this prior to the episode, so it could be dead wrong. But I, my understanding is that it was a gift from the Japanese that they like planted somewhere. I, but this is a terrible story because I'm not, I'm not sure about the facts. But my understanding it was a gift from the Japanese, and then it just like it started growing places. Like the like they planted them, and then it kind of pollinated, and you know they just kind of grew after that. And then that's why we have cherry blossoms in the city. It's a foreign, it's a totally foreign and some might say invasive species, but they're beautiful. I love them. Even if that story is false, it is a beautiful story that we're going to stick to for this story. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Don't let facts get in the way of a good story, Brett. Brett, aside from cherry blossoms, allergies, and confusing it all with COVID, what do we have for Peak Bells today? For our first story, Challenger Banks. For our second story, Shopify's acquisition. And for our third story, Passwordless. For our first story, Calgary's Neo Financial has raised $185 million, led by billionaire Peter Thiel's fund, launching the Challenger Bank into Canadian dollars, at least, unicorn status, or the valuation of over a billion dollars. So, Brett, Neo is like a bank, but not actually a bank, even though they have like a sign-up kiosk at the Eaton Center. Jay, I, you know, I don't like to correct you on things, but it's Peter Thiel. And I thought you would know that considering his activity in, in politics. <laughs> I, I mispronounce it just to insult him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Classic. Okay, so Thiel's basically like a bank. You're right. It's part of this wave called challenger banks, including Canadian companies like Simple and Coho. And they target customers they view as underserved by Canada's big five banks. And by the way, those big five banks, they own 90% of the country's market share. And they're really focused on kind of two main categories, which are millennials and small businesses. Challenger banks, they're not technically banks. Sometimes they even partner with financial service providers, licensed institutional financial service providers to get insurance they need to offer bank-like products. But regardless of their approach, their strength is in their approachable branding and competitive digital offerings. And since its 2021 launch, Neo has welcomed over a million customers and has nearly doubled its employee count to 650. Andre Charu from Maple VC, which also contributed funding, told TechCrunch that Neo is, quote, the fastest growing company he's seen in Canada. I, I've got to correct you again. It's Andre Charu, and he's a friend of the peak, Jay. Neo has recently expanded. <laughs> Neo has recently expanded beyond loyalty card programs, which partner with 7,000 Canadian retailers into mortgage offerings, savings accounts, and investment offerings. And so, Jay, why does this emergence of challenger banks and Neo's big round matter? Not the least of which it matters because this is going to lose lots of friends because I mispronounced their names. But as challenger banks like Neo continue to quickly build new products and features, some traditional banks are stuck with old processes and outdated software. 
Now, Canadians are clearly fed up with these old school banks, and NEO's latest round shows that they're willing to vote with their literal wallets. For our second story, Shopify missed profit estimates and announced the largest acquisition in its history, a $2.1 billion deal for startup Deliver. That's with two R's. That's how you know it's cool to expand its warehousing and delivery services for merchants that would rival Amazon. Jay, this is a massive acquisition for Shopify. By the way, Instagram was acquired for a billion dollars. Put this all in perspective. So why did they do it? Well, I'm going to pronounce it deliverer just for fun because there's two R's. Yeah. But that's by, probably how you pronounce it. <laughs> uh, well, that's how I pronounce it anyway. By acquiring deliverer, Shopify CEO Toby Lutke said it would enable the company to create an end-to-end logistics platform for merchants at a time when the future of really what once was the most exciting companies in the world, which is Shopify, has become unknown. Some might say this is in response to a certain Seattle-based e-commerce giant. Uh, Weeks ago, Amazon announced a similar buy with Prime service that will allow businesses, including Shopify merchants, to offer Prime shopping features like free shipping, next-day delivery, and access to fulfillment services just for an additional fee. Now, we would be remiss not to put this move into context. This year, Shopify became the worst Canadian performer on the S&P TSX Composite Index, losing over $155 billion in market value as consumers return to pre-pandemic shopping habits or avoided spending altogether amid rising inflation. Shopify's revenue, earnings per share, and the value of sales through its platform, they all missed expectations and adjusted net income for last quarter dropped 90% from the same time last year to $25 million, down from $254 million. Shopify shares have hit $520, wiping out every cent from the 324% growth seen during its pandemic heights. And so, Jay, what does Shopify's latest acquisition, and by the way, their current financial status, say about the e-commerce space at large? Brett, e-com companies have been hit hard in recent months. Amazon and Etsy have also reported disappointing numbers. With merchants at the center of all their businesses, the competition to provide the best customer experience is on. And for our final story, and I don't know if I've been more excited about a story throughout this podcast than this one, Brett, Apple, Google, and Microsoft want to kill off passwords for good. Within the coming year, all three companies will build support for a cross-platform password-less sign-in where your sign-in is actually your phone. Now, I don't know how this is going to work. Maybe you're going to tell me, Brett, because I can't wait to replace my standard password, which is like super obvious. It's not ABC123, but whatever. I want to know what they're coming up with. What is it? Okay, the challenge is on, Peak Pals. Guess Jay's passwords. (laughs) Please don't. (laughs) Instead of a password, this tech logs in a quote-unquote passkey, it sounds the same to me, that is shared between your phone and compatible websites, freeing you from the tyranny of trying to come up with a unique phrase, including at least one capital letter, number, and symbol. This technology has been in development since 2013, but previously required people on new devices to enter passwords for each account when logging in for the first time. Now, this can be done with whatever the default action of unlocking your phone is, be it a face scan or a pin code. Now, these improvements were announced earlier this year, we talked about on the pod, and now there are concrete plans to implement the tech. And so, Brett, what does a passwordless future mean for Peak Pals, including me? Well, I can tell you one thing. It means fewer headaches, and possibly even more security. 81% of hacks are due to stolen or weak passwords, and there are upwards of 15 billion stolen passwords available for sale on the dark web. Maybe yours is too. 
Uh, having your password tied to a physical device will make it a lot harder for hackers and scammers to compromise your accounts. And I was just joking. Don't try to guess Jay's passwords. <laughs> Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to. And only daily Canadian business news podcast in the country. If you've got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. As always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for producing this episode. Thank you, Dale. And thank you, Brett. And Brett, I'm going to end with this. Yesterday, I ended it with Go Leafs Go. I will not do that. Between I know, now that was bad luck. Players. It was very bad luck. I apologize to Austin Matthews and the crew. I won't do it yeah. again. So I want them to win, but I won't give them luck before each game. (laughs) How generous. Have a good weekend, Brett. (laughs) You too, Jay.